The fact of the matter is, whether you've been in network marketing for years or just a few days, your family and friends have seen your opportunity and your phone is, as we call it, burnt. If you're anything like me, that's a scary thought. So the big question is, how do entrepreneurs like us, who love the network marketing profession, who no longer want to be that guy and are tired of convincing people during uncomfortable let's get coffee meetings where they say, what's this all about? How do we market in a way that aligns us with our dream clients and expands our network of upfront and transparent professionals, allowing us to get our time back, our families back, and gain a real passive asset? People like us who value impact over income, we deserve to see our visions once and for all. Join me in this podcast where we'll uncover just how to do that. My name is Eric Sablon. Welcome to Burnt Phone Marketing. Hey everybody, Eric Sablon here with Burnt Phone Marketing Radio, and I'm super excited. I got a really, really unique individual that I've been following for a long time. Um, he's a staple in Alaska. The guy's been on TV. He's been uh, he's been around the block. He's he does he's a networking king. That's all I got to say. So the guy is won the Alaska top. 40 under 40 in 2017 by the Alaska Journal of Commerce. He's an Anchorage Chamber of Commerce Gold Pan Award winner. He's a member and ambassador of the state's Alaska for National Auctioneers Association, 12 years in broadcasting and digital media marketing and sales expert. He founded Alaska Premier Auctions and Appraisals LLC just recently. And that's what we're going to talk about. So please welcome Mr. Dan Newman to the show. Dan, welcome to the show. Man, thank you so much for having me, Eric. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you on uh, this beautiful Friday afternoon, getting ready for the weekend. And uh, what better way to round out a super busy week than by getting interviewed by another awesome sales professional and uh, fellow businessman and hustler. So uh, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for the, thanks for taking the interview. Super excited. And, you know, a lot of people, know who you are in Alaska, but a lot of my, my network don't doesn't know who Dan Newman is. And can you just tell us a little about your background and tell us about your, your professional background, where you came from? Sure. So I am a born and raised uh, Anchorageite. So Anchorage, Alaska is my home. I've been here my entire life. Uh, so 34, almost 35 years here in the, uh, the great north. And um, I, let's see here, Graduated from high school in 2005 and started my business career. So right out of high school, I was fortunate enough to have an internship at uh, a local broadcast station where that basically catapulted me into the business professional world. So uh, after my internship, they hired me on full time because apparently I didn't screw it up enough then. So they're like, oh, let's give them another shot. Uh, so then I did a little over 12 and a half years of uh, operations and engineering uh, and then advertising uh, media uh, and marketing and sales for the NBC affiliate there. So uh, I sold air, I sold commercials. I did everything in terms of production. Uh, I did uh, client growth. Um, I did strategy for them to help them figure out their ad campaigns and uh, figure out how to allocate their marketing budgets. And I helped them grow their businesses or increase their market share or get their phones to ring, get their websites to click, get the people walking through their front doors to sell whatever product and service it was for them. 
And after doing that for a little over a decade, um, I got to the point where I realized I was never going to own the TV station. So I had that uh, that entrepreneurial itch that was burning. And I, I just had to figure out a way to, to get out there and do something for myself. So I always consider myself a bit of a closet entrepreneur just waiting to break out. And uh, in 2018, uh, beginning of the year, I founded my company and went to auctioneer school. Uh, thinking that I was going to be that guy on stage talking all fast at the benefit charity auctions, wearing a tuxedo every weekend and raising hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And uh, and uh, very quickly realized that in our very small market, um, that's not a realistic goal. So I had to figure out what else I could do in terms of the auction industry because I basically fell in love with the auction industry uh, and all that it had to offer and, and figure out what I could do in terms of growing and scaling the company. So um from from my humble beginnings of kind of doing it on the side part-time here and there for weekends uh, i got the opportunity to do a uh, business liquidation an estate sale uh, some consignment auctions and then realized that there was a real need in our uh, in our community in our market for the type of sales that comes along with auctions so if done correctly, auctions are the truest methodology for price discovery because you get everybody competing to bid to win to figure out what something is gonna sell for. And uh, when it comes to what I call the five Ds, death, divorce, downsizing, departing from the state, or developing fundraising strategies, those are all scenarios where there's an opportunity to sell inventory or raise money. And if a client doesn't have the time, the expertise, the desire, the manpower, the skill set to do it themselves, they hire us, our company, and we help them through that process. So if somebody passes away and they've got an estate, an entire household full of stuff, or if maybe a business went through COVID and unfortunately they couldn't weather the storm and they need to sell off all their assets. If somebody is reached retirement and they're moving down to the lower 48 and uh, they're gonna be uh, not wanting to have two of everything because they've already got their snowbird house down in Arizona and they're a state up here in Alaska and they need to sell all their assets in Alaska, we can help them through there. So if they don't want to deal with Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or the hassle and headache that comes with putting on a garage sale, we help them sell their assets through our company, Alaska Premier Auctions and Appraisals. And uh, we have 99% online auctions where we consider us the local Alaskan eBay of sorts. So we have mobile bidding apps um, that are free to download on both iOS and Android, um, free to download. You still got to pay for the stuff that you win in the auctions, though. And then they have a website, uh, alaskapremierauctions.com. So it makes it easy, super convenient uh, and engaging. And, and for lack of a better term, gamifies the buying process. Because uh, when you see something, you got to have it and you get to bid your price. You get to determine what it's worth. Um, you get a little subliminal sense of uh, ownership on there. And then, it, you know, depending on what something is out there, people can bid it up to the moon. So uh, it, it's really one of the truest forms of, of sales that dates back, you know, tens of thousands of years. Um, you know, you look at 500 BC when, you know, fathers were auctioning off their daughters for marriage or something like that, right? Like it's crazy if you think about human history and the way that sales are done. Um, when you think of the highest asset classes and what they've gone for, real estate, jewelry, vehicles, heavy equipment, uh, fine art, the things that have brought the highest price are figured out through auction because you get a competitive bidding process. Uh, you get it out there in front of the right eyeballs. You make it easy and engaging and fun for them to bid on. And then you figure out what something's really worth. And so we built the company around that. Um, we now currently employ 16, 17 full-time Alaskans. Um, we've got a 5,700 square foot warehouse facility in Midtown Anchorage. 
And uh, we're just looking to continue to grow and take care of our friends and neighbors as they go through those transitional phases in their lives and help our nonprofit partners raise the money that they need to for their organization so they can keep doing the good work that they do throughout our community. And uh, just enjoy the ride because it's so far so good. It's, it's been a blast and get to learn a lot about a lot and meet some really cool, interesting people and, uh, and make money and have fun doing it. Man, Dan, I love what you talked about the five D's. I, I really like the way that you have your, your market niche down to like your ideal client or the service that you're providing for that really, really core customer. Um, you know, when they're, if, if it's, if they're problem aware, you're the solution. If, if something's going on, divorce, death, I, that, that was, that, that, that's insane to have that dialed into those five D's. You know, um, I had a bunch of questions linked up and then I'm like, I, you started talking and I just, ch I'm, I'm, I'm going to change them. So like, are you ready for a curveball? Cause we're throwing, let's do, it. let's do it. You know, an auctioneer is supposed to be able to talk fast. So hopefully I can think as fast as well. <laughs> okay, cool. So you talked to, so you came from the TV and sales industry and mm -hmm. you know, you were selling air yep. and now you're selling more of a service-based thing, um, mm -hmm. opportunity. So how have you taken the relationships that you've looked, because Alaska is a small town. People don't understand how small it is. How have you One taken the separation? <laughs> how have you, you taken the that. relationships, the smaller relationships that you've built through that 12 years, through your through the 12 years that you you've been working in, in the TV industry? How have you taken those relationships and blossomed them into something that people are supporting your 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 business and you know it's not weird it's like very normal for them to yeah. support your business I, so i th thank you for that question that is a good question so um not just the 12 years that i was in advertising media sales but also you know the 30 plus years that i was born and raised here you get to build a lot of relationships and and all things being equal someone wants to do business with someone they know like and trust and some things not being equal, people are usually willing to spend more money to do business with someone they know, like, and trust. And so, um, as you mentioned earlier, like, I like to consider myself one of those networking kings, right? Like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And mm -hmm. so, when you have that many people at your disposal and you help take care of them, you know, usually by the, the rules of reciprocity, they're hopefully going to want to take care of you in return, right? And so um, one of the business networking groups that uh, I'm a part of really focuses on the hunter's mentality versus the farmer's mentality, right? And the hunter has to go out every single day and kill something just to eat to survive versus the farmer is more of a, a strategic planting seeds, nurturing the crop, growing, and then you know reaping the benefits of that. And so for me, being born and raised here, I'm in it for the long-term game and the relationships that I've established and continue to grow and, and, and build new ones every single day are invaluable in that I could meet someone tomorrow that could not hear from me in a year, but all of a sudden when that time in their life comes around and they need our help, they know who I am, what I do, and hopefully how to get a hold of me so that we can provide the services that we do to make it so that we can take this huge burden off their shoulders when it comes to maybe the amount of inventory that they've got to move out of a, a facility very quickly. Or if their organization is suffering and they need to raise a boatload of money real quick so they can continue to provide the great services they do within the community, we can help them through our different strategies that do that. And so not just here locally, I've, I've been fortunate in, in, like you mentioned earlier, being able to join the National Auctioneers Association and become the ambassador for the state of Alaska. And so now I've gotten to do, um, you know, auctions down in the lower 48, you know, down in Oregon. And I've gotten to do, some, I've got my Texas auctioneers license and I've, you know, gone and done stuff 
Um, I've attended different courses in, in like, you know, the Western College of Auctioneering in Montana. I even went and helped out with an event down in Atlanta, Georgia. And, and it's really cool in that it's just, it's, it's, I, I like the saying, like, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with the most, right? So surround yourself with greatness, become greatness, surround yourself with crap, become crap. So I always have that mindset that I want to be, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to surround myself with people smarter than me and with different skill sets that are well more diverse than what I bring to the table and, and put together that really well-rounded team that has lots of different great people with different backgrounds and different skill sets and different mindsets than my own so that we each bring something different to the table. And then it's all it's on us to basically fit those pieces of the puzzle together to make a really cool picture. And so if I'm the bus driver, I got to get the right people on my bus. I got to get them on the right seat based off of their strengths and weaknesses, and then hopefully just drive that bus in the right direction onward and upward. That's the Alabama coach right there. Get them on the bus. You got so it. I like what you said. You, you, you're reaching up, always reaching up for the people around you. So um, if you're listening right now and you're taking notes, one thing that I'd say is inventory your surroundings and ask yourself if that's okay. Another big nugget that he said was, and one of my mentors told me this, you might not need me today. You might not need me tomorrow, but I'm going to provide enough value for you right now so that when you do need me, I'm the first person you call. And I love what you said. Like you literally put it in that, in that spectrum. Like you could meet somebody tomorrow and you can get just, just your marketing, just your know-how, just they remember who you are and what you do and why you do it. So that's a big and one. And the last thing you said, go ahead. <laughs> and how to get a hold of you. <laughs> and how to get a hold. Yeah. The first person you call. And then I, I like what you said. It's like, you don't have to be the person that does everything. Um, we always teach this, find the who, not the how, like get in there and just like leverage out the people around you in a, in a reciprocating way, leverage out the people around you, but you know, let them stay in their zone of genius. And then you stay in your zone of genius. And when you guys collaborate together, you guys create something amazing. So I, I, lo I love that. I love that about you, the mindset, the overall like mindset of what you do and you're connecting. You can tell that like you've connected with the right people and like kind of pulled down some of the nuggets that they are giving you. Yeah. And that's awesome. Super. Yeah. Exciting. That mindset of, of always learning and always growing is, is one that I have I've subscribed to fully. I mean, if you're not learning and growing, you're dying. Right. So, you right. know, whenever you're driving around in the car, you better have some sort of like audible, like sales or professional development or marketing, you know, book on so that, you know, you don't have to listen to whatever ridiculousness is on the radio. <laughs> and uh, other than of course your podcast, sir, because you have to come <laughs> into that, but you can take that with you on the go from your mobile device. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, just growing um, both through self, you know, education and through your surroundings and the people that can bring additional value to you. And, and hopefully you're providing that much, if not more value to them, um, I think is, is one of the key foundations of um, a good mindset for an entrepreneur to have. Because um, one of the sayings that I really, really like is, you know, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you got to go together. So, Ooh, you know, many hands, many hands make light work. And so uh, I, I really subscribe to that. It takes a village to really create something of value and something that's going to outlast you. Right. Sustainability, like sustainability and scalability and growth in your business is what you need. You need a team for. And that's when you start to build teams, you start to build, build people, uh, elevate people into management positions, hire new people, find, fill the gaps where your business is, is, is at right now. Yeah. Well, so I'm going to shift gears because sure. I've watched the auction. I've watched the, you know, 
we have this perceived thing about this auction and this guy that's on 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 the stage and he's like you know people like raising paddles and doing all this stuff they they have this perceived you know vision of an auction yeah and what you've done with what with what you've done with your platform is you've created and 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 I almost want to say you sold it you kind of sold it short but everybody kind of knows what that is eBay but with your platform you've taken it to a whole new audience you've taken it from you know this weird room or this super high end wine thing or this art thing to not just the masses but more dialed in tell us a little bit about you know what that transition was like and how yeah. you optimized it and maximized it okay so for me i think one of the the biggest things that you'll notice right off the bat is that i'm not your average like cowboy auctioneer like don't get me wrong i love a good cowboy hat and i'll put on some boots with the best of them but as a first generation auctioneer i don't have you know my father my grandfather all these folks that have been doing it before me so i like to think that especially with with uh first generation auctioneers and first generation americans as 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 kind of a i don't want to say a, a group but you find that you have a lot of hustle and a lot of drive because my mom came to America not having anything. And she basically gave me the American dream as an opportunity. So I need to get out there and I need to make the best of it and kind of lay the foundation for, you know, what is the Newman legacy going to be after I'm done. Right. So what, what I think sets us apart is that we're not, you know, your traditional auction house where you're sitting in the barn, just, you know, selling cattle by the herd. What I like to think of is I took, my over a decade's worth of marketing, advertising, and sales experience, and, and found a niche and brought technology into the mix. And I'm always trying to stay as much as I can on the bleeding ed edge of technology and marketing so that we can get the most eyeballs on whatever it is that we're selling, whatever asset class it is that we're selling for our customer or our client and, and help them make it easy and fun and engaging to purchase. So uh, I have two sets of, of, of clientele i've got on one side the clients that i'm selling stuff for where my fiduciary responsibility is to get them the best bang for their buck and as much money as possible and ultimately if i do that well the more money i make them the more money i make myself and then on the other side of the coin i've got my customers the buyers and again i have to make it easy and fun and engaging for them to buy stuff those interesting weird cool unique items that they otherwise wouldn't come across at a regular retail location because it might be something that's been buried in somebody's estate for the past 30 something years right and so as 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 I've gotten to realize more and more, the auctioneer is the sales broker. They're the person in the middle that's helping facilitate the process of this this person selling stuff and this person buying stuff and, and bringing them together in in a, in a safe, secure and fun way. And so um, going beyond that, doing now through hybrid auctions because of COVID is a big thing, getting to do more of like the live outcry auctions where I'll be at a benefit fundraiser and I can have 300 people in front of me, um, you know, from the stage and another 300 people online. And mm -hmm. I've got to be able to call and acknowledge bids for both of them. So, you know, making it so that you're, you're engaging a wider audience and making it convenient for them. You're not, you know, people are going to buy on their time, not on yours. Right. And so you want to be able to capture them and, and keep their attention and keep them actively engaged for as long as possible. Um, and when you've got a lot of stuff to sell, you got to do it very quickly. So that's again, where the cool auction methodology comes into place. And so I think that's kind of what's has helped set us apart and then make us stand out. And, and, it, and there's a reason why I, you know, named the company Alaska Premier Auctions and Appraisals, because 
Um, we don't want to just be your, for lack of a better term, garage sale auction, right? Not to say that we won't sell your average run-of-the-mill household estate stuff, um, but I like to think of it as, as positioning it on a higher level where, again, when you look at done correctly, the auction methodology of marketing and sales, that's where you find the highest prices, the, the truest price discovery for whatever asset class you're selling. So that, I guess in a nutshell, a very long nutshell, that's how I would say we're different. <laughs> no, and, and you can tell that you can tell you, I like, I like how you said, you know, you have two sets of clients, like you, in this whole interview, um, guys, if you're listening, if you're paying attention in this whole interview, there's something that Dan has that he's probably learned from, from many years and many decades of talking to people and selling and being a sales professional. He understands the pain points, the promises, and the processes that he needs to make to deliver to his clients. I mean, if you look at it, he, he literally has the five Ds, he has the two sets, and in any any business, the more eyeballs you get on your stuff, the more the more offers you can make, the more things you can do, the more transactions you can make. So like, just listen, like take notes. Like I know a lot of you guys are like, you know what? I'm not into auctioning. You're just like, like not, you're not into, <laughs> listen to the interview and grab the nuggets because they're all there. I think one of the coolest things, so one of the reasons that I stuck around so long that I did in the marketing um, uh, industry is that every day I got to be a professional in whatever business class that my client was in. So if I have a client that owns a mattress store, I got to be an expert in how to sell mattresses. If I've got an auto dealer, I got to be an expert in how to sell cars. If I've got an energy company, I've got to be an expert in how to sell electricity, right? So doesn't matter. Like, that is what you get to be the expert in learning how to speak intelligently to the type of clientele that the that person is going to be buying or selling and so with the auction industry and we get to sell just about anything right i can sell estate sale stuff i can sell art i can sell firearms i can sell vehicles we've done real estate i mean i don't have to just limit myself to one vertical I mean, we're even in the process of acquiring a liquor license so that we can sell high-end wines and scotch and you know craft beers just boom right there a fully packaged container think about the possibilities so if there's a different if there's an asset class or a vertical of of uh of products that i can sell i don't want to limit myself and so that's why i feel like it's exciting and new and different every single day that we're out there finding these these cool things that we're coming across i mean just yesterday we came across an estate that is going up for auction next week where we have nine 100 troy ounce silver bars that are coming up for sale and i don't know how many of y'all have actually felt like a like a silver bar like but that's cool right <laughs> and, and some of the weird stuff i mean from airplanes to hummers to you know high-end armoires to you know fred mocketon's prints or you know four carat diamonds you name it we come across some cool stuff i mean we've even sold a medical specimen human skull like it was over a hundred years old. It's not part of any cold case investigation. Don't worry. And the police department showed up just to make sure. Uh, but it was just like, we find the weirdest, coolest, most interesting stuff to sell. And, and it just, it keeps us, it keeps us coming to work every day. And that because we're taking care of people and we're helping them get rid of it. So they don't have to deal with that burden. That is, that is so unique. Like that is amazing. So yeah, like I'm almost speechless. I, I'm, I'm running out of questions, but I'm almost speechless on the, on the, uh, the medical what, what, what was it a skull yeah a human medical specimen skull like what they would use in a science laboratory to teach medical students 
Okay. We were out in a state in the Matanuska Valley, and in this guy's garage, in one of the cupboards, he had just he had bought this skull when he was down in California, and he passed away. And his kids had us liquidate the estate, and one of our employees was like, "What did we just find?" And we did a little research, and it's like, "Yeah, you can totally legally sell a human skull." So we did. That's amazing. So it came I'm gonna from switch region in France or something like that. It was it was cool. It was weird. <laughs> That's, you can say you actually sold a human skull. That, yeah. That, that's something to hang your hat on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to shift back into a couple of the questions because I, I know some of the audience wants to hear some of the questions that we kind of go over. So I'll do two questions real quick. Is uh, What are the major mistakes that you see? Like you transitioned from something where everybody knew who you were. They, they knew that you were in, 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 in advertising. They knew that you were in TV. They knew that you were in this. Like you, sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves into that. And then you went and you created an auction house, which is totally different from what you were doing before. What are the, what are the major mistakes that you noticed from transitioning from that old opportunity or career mm-hmm. to this new um, business? What were some of the the the, tra- the the struggles or the mistakes that you had transitioning over? Um, I think a lot of times, like I, I say, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but you don't know what you don't know, right? And so you can't be afraid to take a risk. Sometimes you you have to jump off of cliff and learn how to build a plane on the way down. And 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 I like the I like that that what the other analogy or, or metaphor or whatever saying is like you know if 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 there is no plan B if there is no safety net you figure out a way to make plan A work and yeah. and if not then you're going hungry and and I like <laughs> to eat so that's not an option so for me it was you know why didn't I take that risk sooner you know the, mm-hmm. the like just do it just figure it like if you if you actually just take that first step and get past your fear, then I feel like a lot of times you just discover that you'll amaze yourself on, on what it is that you're capable of with the right mindset and the right hustle and the right team, you know, to put together behind you. Um, I think I had a limited knowledge of what it was to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. So maybe I do more homework, do more research, educate yourself as much as you can in terms of like even simple business strategies or processes on, on how to start a company. Um, because my level of risk tolerance is a lot higher than a lot of other folks. I mean, I was commission only media sales for over a decade. You know, you don't sell, you don't eat, but you sell by taking care of people. And so I learned very early on that if I was going to do something for myself, it was going to be commission only. And, and with auctions, we don't get paid unless we're selling something for a client for top dollar. Um, and so basically it's it's one of those things where you have to take care of folks. And, and when you go from selling air to selling stuff, it's not necessarily the stuff that you're selling, but like you said, it's a service industry. We're helping people through these transitional phases in their lives or their companies or their businesses and, and making sure that you're being empathetic to them and you're not in it just to make a quick, you know, get rich overnight kind of thing. You're in it for the long haul. And, and so, I, I wish I had maybe done it a little bit sooner, um, but I probably wouldn't change it even then still because it, it's still, it's gotten me to where I'm at today. So I would just right. say, just always, always keep on learning. I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that didn't go to college, right? So eventually someday I'll, I'll figure out some four year degree online and, and put that piece of paper, you know, on my wall that I can hang over my head um, because there's a lot to be said about, you know, a formal education. Um, but I think just, just, 
just getting out there and just do it is going to be your, your biggest thing. And then you'll, again, you'll surprise yourself. I think a lot of the times and, and just how, how lucky you can get and, and the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's the truth. Like if you didn't, if you don't go out, I like what you said, like jump and get your wings on the way down. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's important to take that risk. And, you know, there's some people that are just comfortable and it, you coming from, you know, commission only sales, you, you, you kind of felt that before you felt, I mean, the healthcare and all that other stuff was there, but you felt that, that pain, like if I had a bad month, it's going to affect, you know, this month or next month or something like that. So like you, you had that higher risk tolerance. So, yeah. So the last quarter, yeah, next quarter. The the last, I'm going to ask you two questions. Cause one's kind of a, a, a really cool, like, theory question, but this question is, you know, what's the number one paid resource service tool that entrepreneurs should be using um, to accelerate their business? What, what would you say it is like in marketing or in, in what you're doing with, with an app-based thing? What's the number one paid resource service or tool that entrepreneurs should be using um, and why? So I, I, I'm only going to speak to my company and I, what I know I spend money on. So for me, it's going to be in this day and age, your website has to be on point and it has to be fast and it has to be easy to navigate and it has to be engaging to retain people's attention span. Um, in, in the day and age of TikTok, where you've got seconds to capture someone's attention, if you aren't engaging folks, they're just going to bounce right away and then you never get another shot. Like first impressions are key. So it has to be refined. It has to be polished. So we spend a lot of money on our software and on our advertising and on our SEO. Um, Even something as simple as just owning your own domain. I mean, just you can go to GoDaddy or Google. You know, when you send somebody a message and there's my phone because I said his name. Um, If you send somebody a message and it's, you know, Dan Newman at gmail.com instead of Dan Newman at Alaska Premier Auctions.com. That, that carries some weight to it, right? It adds some legitimacy to your company. And it's a super easy thing. You can literally spend you know, 15 to 30 to 60 minutes online on how to go and purchase a domain and get yourself a real business email address and a real website. So you're not just doing, I mean, nothing against like a Squarespace or a Wix you know, kind of thing like that, but to have a real quality online presence that's going to be able to uh, attract and retain your customers, I think is huge. And then, you know, the SEO and the paid ads, you know, whether it be social media ads or whether it be email marketing or whatever kind of ad campaign that you're going to put online, make sure that it's sticky and make sure that as many eyeballs as you can can see it. I mean, we're spending a lot of money on our advertising on behalf of our clients uh, and through our clients to make sure that we're selling their stuff for top dollar and we got to get it in front of it as many eyeballs as possible. So, um, yeah, just own your own website, own your own domain. Don't be afraid to spend money, uh, good money. Like, you know, you don't want to see throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. But if you can track the impressions, you can track the clicks, you can track the conversions. Um, that's what's going to really, you know, know your numbers, I think, would be a, a good thing to, to make sure that people understand. Yeah, that's a big one. Like uh, I, I watch the profit all the time and yes. Marcus always comes in and says, you know, what's your numbers? You know, what's your revenue? What's your ad spend? What's your assets? What's your liabilities? All of that stuff. Like know your numbers is important. And I like what you said about knowing your website. Like mm-hmm. it makes a difference when you say Dan at AlaskaPrimerAuctions.com or Eric at BurnFoneMarketing.com. It makes a huge difference. And it's not that much money huh. to, to do that. It's, it's a great, it's honestly, it's a great expense 
to actually have your own email and have your own website, which is really huge. Yeah, and if you could take it a step further, have your own mobile bidding app where people can make money. Exactly. Even. <laughs> That's right, you gotta have your own mobile bidding app. So here's the last question, and I, I, I tabled this question for a while, but I think it's ideal for you. I, I brought it back just recently. So I want you to think of something. It's a Sunday event. Biggest event, like it's the biggest auction event or the biggest in your space event. There's 100,000 people in the audience. Maybe in 200 or online. It, uh, you're, you're virtual, like you, okay. I'm not virtual. You're like, you're like, you're like there. Okay. You went to the stage, you're speaking on stage. Okay. You're the Sunday speaker. That means your name, your face is on the front of the ad. Okay. You're done speaking. The audience gets up, turns around, walking to the exit. They look up and they see the ad with your face in front because you're the Sunday speaker. You're closing out the event. What is the one phrase or concept you want 100,000 people to remember Dan Newman by? Hmm. Wow. Huh. I, man, I don't want to sound like super corny or cliche or any of that. I mean, I think it's, it's take care of people. Like at the end of the day, we're all human, right? And it doesn't matter how much money you make or, or how much stuff you have. But if you take care of people in the long run, like that's, you, you got time and relationships. Those are the things that really like real ones, like real relationships and time, like doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't buy more time. So mm -hmm. if you take care of people and you spend the amount of time that it takes to invest in them and to help them and to facilitate whatever it is that they're going through, like I think ultimately that'll come back around and take care of you. So I, I, I'm really like, you know, in in the sense of like, if, if, if somebody remembers me as that, you know, Dan's that guy that knows everybody, right? Like I don't know everybody, but I like to try and, and, and be super easily accessible. And I like to be fun and engaging. And I like to, whenever I can lend a helping hand because you never know what somebody's going through. You don't know their story, you don't know their situation. And so if you can just be that nice person that's there as a resource, you know, another tool in the toolbox to, to reach into when whenever times are tough or or even when, our, when times aren't tough and they just need an extra helping hand. I mean, that's what I think people are gonna remember you by. So, you know, just take care of each other, man. You only got one life to live. No one, no one should do it alone. I, I feel like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta surround yourself with good people and take care of them. Wow, that that's good. Taking care of people is it important i always tell i always tell people relationships over transactions yes so that's one of the ones that i always talk about or impact over income it's like those those mm -hmm. ones are cliche but like that's the one but like i said take take care of people that's a huge nugget yeah if you just take care of people like if you just take care of people things are going to come back tenfold i mean it's it's in every book every yeah. good book that you should be reading is like yeah. take care of people yeah, it doesn't matter if it's your family, if it's your client, if it's your if it's your employee, like, you know, they they all have their lives and and if you can help make them that much easier, they're going to remember you for that. That's awesome. So we're coming up on the the half hour, so I I want to be, you know, conscious of your time. Guys, make sure you listen to the full 
guys and gals. Make sure you listen to the full outro. I'll probably be giving something away for free. And what I'm going to do, like always, is I'm going to put a couple of links to Dan's uh, website, Alaska Premier Auctions, inside the show notes. So if you need anything, if you need support, if you need to reach out to him, if you need some information about, you know, the five D's. Yeah. You never know when that's going to happen, but to have him available for you would be awesome. So Dan, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. And uh, like, like I said, guys, check out the show notes, make sure you drop a link, connect with Dan because he is one of the guys you want to be connected with. So thanks guys. And I'll talk to you guys. I will see you on the next episode of burnt phone marketing radio. Thanks Eric. Thanks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Burn Phone Marketing Radio. This is host Eric Sablon, and I just did a mastermind. And if you're listening to this after April 16th, unfortunately, you missed the live masterclass. However, as a gift to you and a gift to my loyal listeners, I'm going to give you the replays of the sections that I created for this mastermind. So if you go to www.burnphonemarketing.com, btumastermind.com forward slash replays, I will actually give you the four sections of the mastermind that I did. So that's www.btumastermind.com forward slash replays. We'll see you on the next episode of Burnt Phone Marketing Radio.